Welcome to Just Jive Pod, a podcast where we share a drink, talk about life, and just jive. My name is Jerome. And I'm Jesse, and welcome back for part three of our four-part series on food. And like we had mentioned already, um, our guest, Edwin, is back for another. Hey, yo. And we're actually, ironically enough, this is the time we're actually going to get to know him a little bit more. Yeah, um, right. But before we do that, what are we drinking this week, Jerome? We're drinking something uh, very unique that all of us have agreed that we, we've really never tried anything like this. It's um, by Prairie Artisan Ales called the Rainbow Sherbet, a sour ale with rainbow sherbet flavors. Um, it is uh, brewed in OKC, Oklahoma City. Um, I'm trying to find the uh, alcohol content, 5.2 ABV. Um, the, the, uh, a few, a good amount of sessions ago, we had another can of Perry Artisan Ales, and I shared about how it's like, the cutest, like, artwork i've ever seen where mm-hmm. it's just all these little dogs revolting against their owners and like being real rascals mm-hmm. it's super cute and this one is just an lsd trip as edwin put it <laughs> yeah yeah yep. it's, it's like yellow submarine by beetles on acid which is acid on acid <laughs> yeah so um yeah how do you guys like it it's very sherbet it's like a winter wonderland yeah and uh <laughs> On the nose, on the palate, everything. It's, it's sherbet across mm. the board. Probably what unicorns drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably what unicorns pee. <laughs> Gladly drink it. <laughs> Heck yeah, baby. <laughs> How about you? What do you think, man? It's great. I mean, it it's, doesn't have as big of a tart as a normal sour right, wood. Right, right. It's interesting. It's if, if anything, it almost tastes like a wheat ale. A little bit. It's, a little, it's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the the aftertaste is for sure weedy, um, oh. but it's like I don't know. Like when I this is not the first time for for me drinking. I don't think either for you, Jesse. But, but like yeah. the first time it was, I was expecting a sour. So I'm like, all right, I'm ready. And I'm like, wait, this is what is this? Like, <laughs> I don't think this is what it's supposed to taste like, like. Is it? Well, because sherbet's already sour. So yeah, like, you're like, oh, okay, it must be sour and sour. But it's like, oh, actually, no, it's actually pretty it's like. like flavorful and yeah and yeah. well-rounded and and if and we're if we're drinking unicorn pee then yeah hey, so be it <laughs> I'm, I'm down for that baby have you guys ever tried linen kugel yes i have it not. tastes like one of their beers that tastes like fruity pebbles yes Ooh. except it's a little bit more extreme yeah than that way more it has more tart mm-hmm. but not enough tart for like a normal sour yeah but it's as a similar profile i i agree I is agree. that a uh, brewery yeah, Lin- yeah. Linen Krugel is a brewer. And you can find it at like a, a Ralph's. I think oh, it's really? Bonds. I think it's a Summer Shandy. Summer Shandy is the one more that's more lemony. It's not that. Ooh, one. It's, it's not a, Summer yeah, Shandy but, then. Oh, I forget what it's called, dude. I I love Fruity Pebbles. Oh, you honestly. will love yeah. one of the Lin- yeah. I'll find yeah. it later. Okay. I forget what it's called, but oh. you, you can get it at Yard House too if you want. Okay. It. Yeah, they yeah. usually have it. But yeah, Sick. this this one is like what you see and what you drink is what you get. It's sherbet and it's. Pretty delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, at least. I drink it again. Yeah. <laughs> so we are, um, again, in our third part of the series. And like I said, we are going to spend some more time actually getting to know Edwin a little bit. Um, <laughs> after after we put him through the ringer of, you know, du- dueling it out and duking it out with our, our fast food bracket. 
we're going to spend a little bit of time with Edwin talking about especially his international travel um, in light of the food scene that he's tried at different places. And he's kind of hinted at it, um, you know, in the fast food series. But we're, we're really going to dive in a little bit and get to know him a bit, especially in that regard. And, and yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good, good time. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I think we mentioned it during our first uh, part where like Edwin is such a perfect candidate for this kind of topic because like you've just been like you've not only traveled to a lot of different countries and, and countries that not a lot of people have traveled to but you actually like lived there for like extended a, periods yeah of time. a while so um i guess can you describe like your, your background like your, your where you went for college and like hometown and all that and then kind of leading into how you ended up starting to end up living and traveling to all these different um countries around the world yeah, I mean, hometown is um, Tunga, California. It's uh, it's not in the valley, but we're probably like right next to the valley mm-hmm. district of Los Angeles, which is basically the northern part of LA County. Mm-hmm. Um, did, yeah, I went to college. Uh, high school-wise, I went to La Cunada High School. Mm, and then nice. for college, I went to the University of California at Riverside. Our side. Go Highlanders, baby. <laughs> I love that school. And then, um, yeah, I went to... And in, it was in college where you know I became a believer, mm. I became a Christian, and um, got introduced to overseas missions work. Mm. And it was in college I actually went to India with Korean American Campus Mission, mm. and uh, went to India, and that's where it blew my mind of, of what God's doing overseas. Mm. And yeah, that's how my heart grew for uh, overseas work and to be mm. a part of God's plan right, um, right. in the nations. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, what, how, like, how did you find that that would play out in your life? Like, you wanted to do international work, but obviously there's only certain openings to do that, um, especially in certain countries. Like, what was your avenue to pursue, like, making sure you could do international work? Yeah. So, um, initially, I was, I worked right after I, so my fifth year in college, I went to Uganda mm-hmm. um, with KCM as well. And then after that, I came back. I worked for about two and a half years. And then in like the business side, yeah, business sector. And then I hated it. Yeah, yeah. And I loved my coworkers. I loved my boss. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the job itself was uh, a very, very millennial thing. It wasn't fulfilling. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, I wasn't happy. Yeah. And uh, I just quit, mm. you know. Um, and yeah, I thought I could, it could play out with overseas work and overseas work was always in the back of my mind. And, Mm. um, an opportunity came with GLMC, our church. Mm -hmm. We had a person that we supported, Mm -hmm. uh, that was in the Middle East. And that's Mm. what my, that was my first taste of um, a midterm, uh, mission trip. Yeah. Which is at least several months worth of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was in Egypt and Jordan okay. during mm-hmm. that time and a four day trip to Israel. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. yeah. Yeah. How long were you there for? Uh Egypt I was in there for about three months and Jordan I was there for about three months. Okay. And Israel it was more of like a vacation y sure, sure. Oh my goodness, this is the Bible, Israel, <laughs> yeah. you know, kinda of, kinda of trip. And yeah. you're right there, so I was like might as well go, you know. Right. Yeah. So right. Yeah. yeah, you're already there. You might as well include that little. Yeah, you can walk where Jesus walked. Oh, man. man, it's wild. It, it's 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 pretty crazy, and maybe a t- topic for another day. Yeah, know, but yeah, I think like that that was such an interesting thing when I heard like, oh, like 
oh, you're going to be there for six months. And, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, that's a very long time to be not at home. And especially somewhere, um, I mean, like pretty different from like Southern California. And pretty foreign. Pretty foreign. Um, and But then, you know, it's like this most recent stint, um, now, now you're living in China. And and I'm in China. You're yeah. in China and... I think it, how how long were you originally wanting to planning on staying in China for? Yeah, so I first went there um, around this time actually, uh, last year in January. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, I, my contract was to teach English mm. as a second grade teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, second grade man, <laughs> they don't mess around. <laughs> and then um, my contract was initially for six months, uh-huh. and then once six months ended, I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. I love teaching here, you know, mm-hmm. and if I have to teach second grade again, so be it. I love the work I was doing in China. Um, and yeah, so I signed another, I signed a, a one year extension. Mm. And then actually this past December, I extended it for two more years. So yeah. I'll be there minimum uh, at least till 2022. Wow. Yeah. 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 So I think. This is exactly what I mean by like perfect candidate where yeah. it's like you're not just there for a week or two. It's you're, I mean, you're you're straight up living there, which is, yeah. I think, really quite cool, man. Um, so out of Egypt, uh, the, the Middle East and uh, China, obviously you're, you're, you are Korean, uh, disclaimer. <laughs> uh, which one which one was harder for you to initially get into, like adjust um, in, in, in all aspects? Uh, man, that's, I would say for sure the Middle East was harder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my first taste of, cause I was in there for six months and that mm-hmm. was my, with KCM when I went to like Uganda and India, right. that mm-hmm. was for about a month, uh-huh. you know, and for here I was there for six months. That's the far, that's the longest I would have been away from oh, my comfort zones in the home with family, mm-hmm. friends and what I'm used to. And that was hard, uh, adjusting to the language, the culture. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of during the time of Arab Spring. Uh, with all the revolutions oh, happening shit, right. mm-hmm. and so, I mean Egypt and Jordan weren't as bad Egypt a little bit because of like certain political things mm-hmm. but yeah compared to like, what was happening in like uh, like Libya mm-hmm. and, um, what was the other ones was it uh, Lebanon might have been Lebanon I don't remember I think yeah, it was like, Lebanon. like Gaddafi I think it was Libya and oh, then yeah. maybe maybe Iraq mm-hmm. Iraq has for the last like 10 years has been yeah, yeah. Or twenty years actually. Twenty, yeah, around twenty years. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah. There were times I cried, man. Yeah, and sleep, and yeah, I was thankful that I had great uh, contacts there. Jesse actually met them Mm -hmm. um, in DC. We went to go visit him in DC. Oh shoot, Esther and Abinob. Yeah, yeah, they were great. Yeah, and you mentioned um, now that you're you're in China and teaching is like the avenue that you've kind of pursued like how did you end up going from like being a college student and kind of doing these like overseas trips for missions and and deciding like hey you know like i don't know what my immediate post postgrad job like not working out um because you weren't passionate about it like how did you land on teaching yeah you know i i was a double in sociology and business administration so it has nothing to do with teaching. <laughs> it's like, okay. You know, and initially I was like, you know, I'm going to make the six figures before I'm 30. You know, I'm going to yeah. make it big. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to get married. 
I'm gonna support M's. You know, that was what I thought I would do. As much as I wanted to be a part of it, you know, that was when I first became a believer in college. That's what I wanted, and then, mm-hmm. and then after I went to India, you know, that's where I was like, man, I think I want to be a goer, yeah, not a sender, mm, yeah. you know. And I was like, man, this is awesome. And with with teaching, you know, we had a we actually had a member at GLMC, Jeff, mm. Jeff Kim, uh, with his daughters and with Stephanie. You know, um, mm. he was actually like, you know, Edwin. And we got really close um, over the years when I first was at GLMC. And he was mm-hmm. like, you know, brother, I can see you as a teacher. And you guys know Jeff, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the most encouraging brothers and says what he says. Yeah. Um, says what he means, means what he says. Like, no BS guy, you know? And yeah. And I was like, really? Like, <laughs> I was like, huh? I'm like, tell me the worst name. You're like, what? <laughs> I goof around too much. Yeah. <laughs> And then, it, and even when I was working in the business sector, I was like, wow, you know, I hate my life. I hate my job. And mm. I was like, maybe teaching. And then that's what I did in the Middle East. Mm. Uh, I taught English in the Middle East. I taught English at two orphanages in Egypt. And then in Jordan, I taught like an NGO mm. that reached out. Their main people was Iraqi and Afghani refugees, mm. some Syrian too. Oh, so we taught yeah. English to them as they transitioned to becoming refugees in other countries oh, outside wow. of Jordan. Um, and so, and it was there. I loved it, yeah. even though I was I was I'm better at my old job than teaching. I'll be honest, but mm. um, but I felt more purposeful and much more enjoyed what mm. I was doing. Mm. Wow! Yeah. So we're we're talking about food, and to be <laughs> honest, I'm like, dude, I just want to talk about like yeah. those experience forever. Um, and you know, maybe we could. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think. You know, with a lot of the personalities like Anthony Bourdain, the late Anthony Bourdain, and mm-hmm. you know um, Dave Chang, and and a lot of the uh, like Gordon Ramsay, a lot of these big names, and throughout just traveling throughout the world, but focusing on culinary things like it, the 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 food culture really tells a lot about just um, the livelihood of uh, a country, right? Mm. And and I think. I know we talk about fast food in America and we got a freaking <laughs> kick out of it. It was awesome. But, <laughs> but I think, you know, when, when we dive deeper into like what food means to people, whether it's how they make it, yeah. how they, the, the traditions behind it, um, that some, some people get super, super duper offended when the people try to like be all like, Oh yeah, we're doing fusion. Or, like, yeah. Yeah. Food or, like Korean barbecue tacos, yeah, baby. Right. <laughs> there, there's that part of it, but at the same time, there's also like fusion is a beautiful representation of um, kind of the, the the globalization of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, as just someone who's been to you know like the South America, Middle East, Asia, America, like have you been to Africa? Uganda. You got, oh, yeah. Uganda, that's right, right. And Egypt, technically. Oh, yeah. that's right. It's like right on the border, right? Um, well, yeah. it is in it is in It's Africa. upper right. Yeah. Okay. Technically My, my in geography Africa. is... Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, you've been, like, everywhere. Like, you know, for you, like, just traveling through all these different places, have there been certain countries where, like, like the culinary experience has just really hit you, like, really hard? Yeah. I'd say the best culinary experience I've ever had in a mm-hmm. country was probably Japan. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I think um, anything they make 
it's with like passion. Anything, yeah. even Yoshinoya in Japan yeah. <laughs> is like gourmet. Even Seven yeah. Eleven, their onigiris, <sighs> even their um, what's that soup uh, like fish cake stuff? Yeah, mm-hmm. even that at Seven Eleven in Japan is any every single thing I ate in Japan was great. Yeah, and even the Denny's, <laughs> even the dang Denny's oh, is yeah. gourmet, True. man. Yep, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's. I've gone to Japan as well, and I think my limited experience there has told me the same thing. Do we went together, man. I know it is wild. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I woke up every morning going to Seven Eleven, every single morning. Yeah, it's so right downstairs. Good. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so, what what have you like grown to appreciate over, especially since you have like essentially traveled the world? What have you grown to appreciate about like? different cuisines and stuff and like and and especially since you've stayed there longer terms for a lot of these trips like and and even now like even though you're temporarily back from 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 china what have you grown to appreciate about like living in a new area and and trying to find the cuisine there oh man that's a it's a loaded question yeah yeah, that's (laughs) that's hard i think for sure there are some foods where i'm like i don't like it yeah, you know there's. I mean, of course, my taste buds are just everyone's taste buds are different. Yeah, um, but I, I'll I'll respect it. Yeah, I'll sure. appreciate it because people have. To, I think people oftentimes I realize this later on. Certain countries are not going to like the foods you want because they can't grow it. Mm. Huh. You know what I mean? And so they can't grow right. the same ingredients as they can in America. Like in Africa, you know, they're not going to have the same. They don't have avocados. You know, they don't have mm. certain other ingredients because they yeah. can't. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's hard to grow certain things. Uh, and so they gotta, you gotta cook what's given to you, right. you know. Right. And a lot of the foods, I, I mean, I didn't, I was only there for about five weeks, but and so I couldn't get, I, I can't tell you like a, yeah, a an robust, accurate approach. Yeah. But from what I had, it's very bland. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, um, I'd say in terms of acidity, basic mm-hmm. um, taste. And for me, I love like salty and savory things. Right, right. You know, like mm-hmm. kimchi, dude. Like, <laughs> that thing is. That's like you know the, the flavor. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's. But for them, they have a thing called matoke. Right? Mm. It's like a plantain kind of pudding kind of thing, and they love it. Wow. But I'm like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I'll eat what's given to me. Yeah. You know, of yeah. course, but yeah, I think. That's probably one the biggest I would say um, lesson. Mm, yeah, right. But, is that different places have different limitations mm-hmm. based on their own yeah. culture and climate, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's. I mean, that's huge considering America is the the melting pot of yeah, the world, yeah. right? Where especially us here in Southern California, we probably have one of the largest melting pot like regions where cuisine wise. Honestly, we're pretty spoiled. We have access to a lot of different cuisines at a very high level, in a sense, you know? Um, But also, like, there is something nostalgic or or something really, like, satisfying when you go to a place and, and have their their cuisine at its base level you know for me um it was rwanda um hmm. Hmm. rwanda cuisine was very simple um as well and just due to like local ingredients and stuff but they they did put their attention and care into those like simple things and this still tasted bomb you know <laughs> um, and also granted we also had coffee every day and rwanda is one of the <laughs> coffee like supplier like Hayden's, capitals right? of, of oh, yeah. the world so yeah. that was a uh, that was nice too, but 
Yeah, uh, I think that's a that's an interesting notion for sure. Yeah, what what do you think is has been like the most difficult for you when you've like stayed in these places longer term, like, like you know, with with the Middle East and also with recently China? Like, what has been the most like difficult part of adjusting to like, yeah, just living there and having the like the different choices of cuisine? You know, like you, it's not like you're here mm. and like oh, okay, I can pick whatever I want. It's like well. I'm in a new place. What what's what's what do I do? You know, do you end up cooking more, or do you still end up eating out? You know, in the Middle East, um, they don't really have. It's not really a melting pot of cuisines in the Middle mm. East, or at mm. least where I was in in Jordan, Egypt. I would say is more. I'd probably say is the most culturally diverse, in my opinion, country in Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because historically it's a port. Yeah. Alexandria, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like in Egypt, I had like a pizza. I had Italian food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I had a hamburger, you know. Um, and and so adjusting wise, Egypt wasn't too bad. Um, also, like Esther and Abinov, our contacts in Egypt, cooked yeah. for me all the time. Oh, right, she made so much Korean food. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and super blessed. And um, and shout out to those guys. Yeah. You know. Uh, I gotta keep in touch with them, but man, um, I would say, in, and in Jordan too. Jordan was a little trickier. I cooked a lot more in Jordan. Mm. Um, I would probably buy like spam. And yeah, I would make a lot of meat hash. Mm. Uh, so buy like um, corned beef. Ha- I would make a lot of corned beef hash, mm-hmm. and then like meat and potatoes, like toast, eggs. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I would. I love Middle Eastern food. Yeah. Mm. So adjusting wasn't too hard just because, dude, shawarma. Like, Jordan has this place called Reem Shawarma. Mm. Best shawarma I've ever had in my life. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Reem. Come back to me. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Franchise in California. (laughs) Oh, man. Please. We got what Zanku's? Yeah, we do. Not even close. We have uh, what's that one in Fullerton? Um, uh, Pita Hut. Pita Hut. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But can't compare it, huh? Oh man, no. no. It's <laughs> especially lamb outside of America is spiced and prepared way better. Yeah, than it is mm-hmm. here. Yeah. I don't know what they do over there. <laughs> China, personally, China was the easiest though. Yeah, mm. I'm sure. <laughs> like, yeah, China's great. You can, yeah. and it's great because it's so easy because you can get delivered. Oh, yeah, that's dude. the that's delivered the game to your changer. door. You want Italian? Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. You want mcdonald's yeah yeah wow if you want you want starbucks wow dang and there's space and like the delivery fees are what like 25 cents yeah oh my god so there's a lot more uh eating out like eating stuff from out whether it's at home or it's cheaper to eat out oh wow in china oh yeah interesting or if you can cook chinese food because i'm not i don't know how to cook chinese right right. food Um, chinese cuisine yeah yeah I i would imagine it's cheaper just because the ingredients and what you can right, buy, yeah. I just don't know how to. But right. all the ingredients I've bought to cook with, man, it's so much more cheaper to eat out. And oh. they, they have systems to make it easier and cheaper. So it's like they, they incentivize you to do that, yeah. which is Dude. really crazy. So there's this place called Muslim. Literally, when you translate from Chinese to English, it's called Muslim Noodle. Oh, literally, that's what it's called. That's <laughs> <laughs> the restaurant name. And they have this thing. It's like they're. Um, beef noodle soup basically uh-huh. mm. it's about 15 rmb which is roughly is two us dollars yeah oh, and it's like a bowl of pho basically it's uh. amazing 
That's what I mean. It's so dang cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then you're like buying groceries that you, and trying to cook home, and it just adds yeah. up really quick. Yeah, a can of spam is about like five bucks. Oh wow, that's like double the price here. Dang, yeah. dude, yeah. interesting. What the yeah. heck? Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because so for you, like, like back when you were living in U.S., like. What what did you eat like day to day? Did you, did you cook a lot like before? Here, oh man, me and my instant pot were homies. Ooh, mm, I loved stuff. that thing. Yeah, and you guys would come over. I think sometimes for like those I, yeah, house I things. I remember that, dude. I would make a lot of like pork belly oh, and yeah. stuff like that. So good, but you can't do that in China. That's what, <laughs> yeah, that was really that, that was actually one of the harder adjustments. Mm. Um, I can't have as many home hangouts because I don't have as big of a space oh. and ingredients to cook. Mm-hmm. At least what I'm used to is harder to get. Yeah, and makes sense. Yeah, that was, that was kind of a bummer, you know, because I'm an extroverted guy. I want to meet people. I want to yeah. invite people to my home, but I'm like, dang. And and food is a great way to do that. Yeah, yeah, so. and, and that's 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 really cool that you touch on that because, like, I feel like cuisine is the biggest gateway to community, right? Like you you yeah. bring people into your that's house true. and cook for them, or yeah. you whatever, and for you like it seems like that was a val- that is a valuable thing that you had here in the states because you had the space and the resources but not necessarily the same capacity anywhere else right like yeah especially since you other other times they seem to be more temporary stints with like six months in middle east and even shorter times in other countries but now you're in china like even though you're staying there longer it's like it's not like like you have you own a home and you're like cooking for them you know right yeah so normally if we do that we just order out yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just go to muscle noodle and we just order yeah. in yeah, we, yeah. Just, we get like 10 orders of noodles and you're like and you're this set is, this is great it's like 20 bucks yeah. to feed like like 15 people <laughs> you know what I mean? so yeah um yeah it's you kind of have to change things up yeah you just order in you know it's kind of like bring your own food yeah you know? um which is yeah. fine because you could just have it delivered yeah, you know, right. so yeah, I'm curious for when you were down in the Middle East, like when you were eating the shawarma and a lot of the uh, just just stuff like out there, like was that like how often a time, how often during a week would you go out and actually like buy the food? Um, so Egypt is a lot cheaper than Jordan. Um, okay, Jordan is actually pretty dang expensive. It's the Jordanian dollar is more than the U.S. dollar. Oh wow! Um, and mm. the prices are actually kind of similar to U.S. Okay. And so, but in Egypt, I would probably, I ate out more than I did in Egypt than in Jordan. Okay. Um, Egypt, and I mean, I guess if you want to consider eating out, going to our contact's house, Mm -hmm. I would eat with them at least three or four times a week. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, just catching out, sharing what I'm learning, Mm -hmm. um, accountability, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The man, Egypt. (laughs) So I was in a city called Helwan, where one of the boys' orphanage was, uh-huh. or they call it a men's home. Uh-huh. And um, there's this one place I went to at least once a week Ooh. called Cap Chicken. Cap like, Chicken, like hat, like a yeah. cap, yeah. hat cap, yeah. chicken. Man, dude, <laughs> that thing was so dang good, <laughs> like and so dang cheap. Like it was probably if you want to calculate it with U.S. dollars, maybe four bucks for a whole chicken. What for a whole chicken and no fries? Way. I was like, oh my goodness. And it's good. That's it's crazy. so oh dang gosh. good. And they have this garlic butter sauce. They'll give you a pita bread, uh-huh. uh, like a like a veggie, like cucumber, kind yeah, of tomato, yeah, yeah. onion yeah. kind of thing. Um, it was so good. 
Jeez. I would eat wow. that for sure once a week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Dang, like, I would know, hit me up. But hey, man, what do you want to eat today? Like, you already know. You already know it, man. <laughs> Let's go to Cap. <laughs> cap, cap chicken. We're getting Cap chicken. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's man. so crazy because, um, like, I think I, I travel mostly to Asia. I, I've never been to South America. I've never been to Africa. So, like, my perception of, like, you know, other countries is, oh, it's not a lot of variety, you know. Um, mm. Like Jesse said earlier, like, yeah, we're the melting pot here. So I'm just imagining, like, South America, like, what was it, Loma Saltada? That's just all they eat, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, I'm down. But, like, it, yeah. like, I think one of the questions I had going into, like, this session was, like, oh, man, like, what was it like eating the same thing every day? <laughs> like, But clearly, oh that's a very, gosh. I mean, I'm sure that happened, but... It sounds like there's also quite a bit of variety from like what you're what you're eating like from like locally as well, right? Yeah, so I did have the chance to I mean I was blessed to eat a lot of different kinds of foods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But almost every day, yeah. almost. Yeah. Probably at least four times a week, five times a week in Egypt, mm-hmm. I would eat uh, falafel and hummus mm-hmm. in the morning. Ooh. Every dang day. Every almost every day. Oh man. It's so cheap. And for the first two weeks, three weeks, I would say it was Pretty dang good, yeah. Because <laughs> you know, how the um, how they fry it mm-hmm. and how they season the I'd say falafel in Egypt mm-hmm. was way better than they do it here. Uh, I think yeah. oftentimes here it's a little dry. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the shawarma, I mean, sorry, not shawarma. Even with the hummus, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it doesn't help when you eat it here. Yeah, uh, but there it's it's like a donut hole. Not, oh. I wouldn't say huh. like. Oh, sorry, that's a horrible description. Sorry, I, I'm not like, like a donut hole, but more like um. It's a lot more fluffy. Okay. It's a lot okay. More crunchier, but fluffier at the same time. It's weird. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cooked no. very well. No, yeah. I, I very see why you said donut hole. I see the yeah. illustration, but yeah. Yeah. And like the hummus. a flaky donut, donut yeah. hole kind of. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the hummus was just so good. Yeah. But after like a month, I'm like, because, <laughs> <I'm so done. laughs> you know, I mean, I, I got to live on a budget. Yeah. You know? It's yeah, not like yeah. I'm earning, it's not like I'm earning money, you yeah. know, and then, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, that was that, but I'm like, can't complain. It's good. Yeah, you know? it's yeah. like a, it's like when people eat in the morning, they always eat like a banana, or sure, like a, yeah. or cereal yeah. or something. I'm just like, yeah, get my get hummus. 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 Could yeah. be worse, right? Yeah, yeah. I know it's on the same dang stand every time. <laughs> I'm like, what's up, dude? <laughs> Did you yeah. find that same experience um, since you started living in China too, where you had you built up a local routine of like getting something local in the morning, or or how was that adjustment? Well, China. Uh, since I work, since I teach, yeah, I have lunch provided for me every day. Oh, that's nice uh, at okay. the school. So it's a school lunch, yeah. but the school lunch is so good. Oh, I love it. Shoot. It's basically Korean food every day. Oh, you have your soup, your protein, your nice. rice, as much kimchi as you want, oh. a salad bar. Interesting. Yeah, and the and sometimes they they make their own pizza. They have. So remember how I mentioned in the previous podcast about Chick Fil A? Yeah, mm-hmm. I brought the Chick Fil A sauce. The chef at our school. Made a chicken sandwich. Oh, just so you can use the Chick Fil A. And I'm like, bro, I got Chick Fil A sauce. People find out, yo, I heard you got Chick Fil A sauce. You got the goods, dude. Like, yeah, I do, brother. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do, sister. Here you che- go. Cheeseburger, Edwin, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do. Chicken burger. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I'm a Chick Fil A dealer, baby. Yeah, Chick Fil A sauce dealer. Oh, uh, sauce boss. That's awesome. Wow. Oh man. And then there's that, but. For routine, yeah, there's one place we go to. It's like a um, Dongbei food. Okay. The I think it's northeast. Mm-hmm. I, I think. 
And no, then, north is west. it northwest? Northwest. I forget. I forget. But yeah, we go as like a as like a friend group. We go there pretty often. Um, and the food is so good. Oh man! By far the best dish I've had in China. Actually, second. First is probably Din Tai Fung. Mm. Oh my gosh, Din Tai Fung in China is a game changer. Mm. It's like what sushi is in Japan compared to America. Din Tai Fung in China is a lot better than it is in America, <laughs> in my opinion. Mm. And then, but okay. Dong Bei Fu. Oh, oh dude, yeah. I know, I was like, dude. I was like, anyways, this. yeah, yeah. Oh man, um, yeah, but the Dong Bei Fu, it's it's kind of what you would get at um, like Korean Chinese food places here. Okay. It's actually oh. fairly similar. Hmm. Fairly. Like, they'll have the sweet um, deep-fried pork thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll have, they'll have um, like, noodles. They'll have the fried shrimp. But it's just one potato thing. It's like the it's like Mojo's from Shakey's Pizza. Mm. The circle potatoes, mm. but better. Oh, shoot. And with, like, Asian seasoning. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I can eat that. I legitimately think I could eat that every day. Wow. Yeah. It's so... I don't know what they do to it, but it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Man. Oh, man. Yeah, China's, China's really interesting because it's like... In the past, like, decades, it's it's gotten so much more, like, global. Like, obviously, there's Starbucks and, like, McDonald's and those things, but, like, there's... I'm sure, like, were you... Or were you surprised to see, like, how much, like, variety of different cuisines there were in China? Yeah. yeah. Especially... I was more surprised, like, when I landed in Shanghai and yeah. I spent time in Shanghai, it's not so surprising because of just how many countries right, ruled right, right, right. Shanghai over the years. <laughs> you got your French concession, you got yeah. your British part, yep. you've got your German part, Yeah, you know, and yep. then, um, so there's tons of franchises there. In Shanghai, it makes sense, but in Wuxi, I was shocked. Mm. There's, like, um, there's stuff, because there's Starbucks, there's McDonald's, you yeah. got Burger King, mm. you got, um, these, even, like, a, it's like a, Reminds me of TGI Fridays, but mm. they call Blue Frog. Hmm. It's so good. Hmm. It's almost exactly like TGI Fridays. <laughs> At TGI Fridays, Applebee's, those right. kinds of places. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's really good. Every Monday, buy one get one free burger. Oh, oh dude, that's like Carl's Jr.'s baby. Oh, oh here we go, baby. Yeah. It's good. It's a good burger. Right. Um, but yeah, Wushi has tons of culture. I I could get anything I want if mm. I'm craving something. Wow. Tacos, yeah. They yeah. have a Mexican restaurant. Italian food, yeah. Like artisan pizza, yeah. yeah. You know, um, even Indian food. Wow, you know, they have Indian that there. Yeah. yeah, they. If I'm craving something, if I really wanted, I could get it. Yeah. yeah. On your phone too, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Well, most of it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Yeah, and I'm guessing like it was nowhere near that in the other countries you've been to, huh? I mean like the cultural foods? Oh yeah, yeah, just like how diverse it was like in Egypt and like Yeah, I would say like China just outbeats all of those. Huh? Maybe Japan. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard for me cuz I've only been in Japan the longest like 5 days. Sure. 7 days. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't experienced it as much as China. Yeah. But dude, China was for sure easier than the Middle East. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. In terms of food. Yeah. Japan was also pretty easy, I would say. Oh, man. Do you remember? Do you, were you there when we got the Indian food? Was that the year before? Yep. No, that was us. Yeah. Where we lived on, on top of right the above. Indian place. Dude, that was so good. Dude. Oh. So, yeah, long story short, 
Edwin and I, we went to Japan together for a week um, with our church. And one of the the Airbnb we were at Gudas. was on top of this restaurant called Gudas Restaurant. It's this Indian restaurant that did all-you-can-eat naan. Oh, and, and it was amazing. And it was amazing. But we didn't actually eat it the first few days because we had other plans and... Like, we were just meeting up with other people. And then one day where we didn't have anything set, we actually sat and ate at that restaurant. And holy crap, man. That Dang. Indian food was insanely good. Wow. Dude, no. Remember Ishwang? She was like, you guys want to eat Indian food? I'm like, sure. Let's go to Kudas. And we're like... And we go there? And we're, we're like, like, wait, this is where we live? <laughs> we live upstairs. She was like, what? This place is amazing. We're like, like, dude, why didn't? Oh, more often. Seriously, yeah. That's that's crazy because, like, like Jesse said, like, dude, we're so spoiled in LA with all these pretty top notch like cultural foods. Dude, we are. We're very blessed. Um, Like, let's say, let's say that's like a ten, right? Like, what's LA where we are? Like New York, in terms of quality culture, food as a ten. How has the experience been for you in China, like, of how good the different cultures' food are? Mm. Oof, man. Uh, I'll give China an eight. Okay. Wow, that's... I'll give it pretty high. Because uh, you wow. have to factor in Shanghai, too. Yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah. And then I would even give Wuxi, like, a solid six or a seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's pretty good, wow, too. That pizza I had in Wuxi. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Mama, it's called Mama Mia's. <laughs> Mama Mia. <laughs> Mama Mia. Yeah, it's called Mama Mia's. And every Wednesday, unlimited all-you-can-eat pizza. Wait, what? And it's, it's artisan pizza, too. What? So it's the type you have to eat with fork and knife. All-you-can-eat? So it's so good. I don't think I've ever had all-you-can-eat pizza before. I've yeah. never had all-you-can-eat pizza oh. before. Wow. Yeah, dude, it was, it's really good. And then the Indian food we had there was pretty dang good. Like the paneer curry. In, mm. uh, I forget what the restaurant's called in Wuxi, where I'm at. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, they used to have a place called Peter's Mexican. It's like Tex-Mex. Mm. Uh, not bad. Uh, their Alpaz store was actually, I would, I would grade it like a six. Okay. Wow. 0.5, right. 7 um, out of 10. Just gets the craving satisfied. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good, dude. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Egypt, yeah. I'd give like a five <laughs> or six. Yeah. Okay. Jordan's probably like a two. <laughs> It's just there's not much diversity yeah. in Jordan. That's the that's the issue. I mean, um, basically, like doesn't even qualify in a way, right? There was one burger place called Fatty Dabs in Jordan. Fatty Dabs, Fatty yeah, really Dabs, funny. and the guy made a dang good burger that okay. tasted very right. similar to like I would compare it to Fat Burger. Oh wow, huh. okay, yeah, that was good, but because he was he actually went to school in California. Oh okay, <laughs> Did, went back to Jordan and opened up Fatty Dabs. Hey, <laughs> okay, okay, that's pretty sick. Yeah, and I think that's just a. I think it's an interesting thing to discuss because, like, cuisine is such a big part of a, a culture's like identity, right? Like, what they have access to and and how they create, you know, community around food. Like, I feel like food is the number one unifying factor of all life, right? Like, everyone needs food to live, and and that's how a lot of cultures share their stories too. It's like, hey. You know, we, we, well, at least back then, you know, back then when 
civilization was less developed it was like hey you know we went and gathered our local like fruits and vegetables and mm-hmm. and prepared them over like this grueling experience of time and made a good meal you know mm-hmm. so yeah. obviously that's different nowadays in our very well developed like world but i think the same principle still applies like like you mentioned like you you build your community around food you know and and you build the experiences around it too and it sounds like you've had some pretty cool experiences while you've been in China and also in other countries too yeah. but especially since recently you you you've been living in China that you've still maintained a lot of those experiences <clears throat> no yeah, it's crazy you know we do youth uh, for our fellowship and then it's so funny when we say we're going to provide food more people come <laughs> it's yeah. yeah that's a proven formula you know yeah. i mean it's every, like you said everyone's got to eat and you know breaking bread right yeah you know i think there's there's power in that because it's you're filling yourself up with physical nourishment but at the same time you can do it with spiritual nourishment you know yeah. i'm talking about life and yeah um and just, and just catching up and, yeah. and just sharing life yeah. together more yeah. Yeah. it opens up doors and that's yeah. like kind of how we're all like probably like friends over the years too like it's always hey let's go get a bite to eat after church or like let's go get a drink or whatever like it's it's the catalyst for a lot of things which i think is awesome um like if i hear somebody like there was something very uh you know spiritual about our uh, fast food bracket (laughs) where when someone resonated with you during a tiebreaker it's like oh yeah, baby, we're on the same page, right? Yeah. It's, it's, and when we're not, and we're not like, oh, <laughs> blasphemy. Yeah, right. Um, Repent. I mean, dude, it's, it's. I think it's just such a cool thing, like to see, like you can trace friendships through food in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. oh, dude, I remember when I first hung out with Jesse. I don't, I, I don't actually, but like you can think about like the beer, yeah. the breweries we've been to, like yeah. over the years, and like. And like you even like you talk about Edwin like you're uh, when you you were back here and opening up your house to have parties to cooking a lot of food. I think you had like what was it? Um, was it? I don't know. Like bulk, uh, the the pork belly. Oh, um, Costco pork belly, dude, dude, best deal ever. Probably oh. one of the best like Ooh. like home like party foods and like uh, it's usually like Costco pizza and stuff like yeah. that. But Costco which is pork cool, belly, baby. which is cool, but. Dude. That's one of the best deals ever. Yeah, like I've had some of the best times just hanging out and eating and drinking, like having a good old merry time, you know, mm-hmm. just a good time. So, I mean, there is a Costco though that opened up in Shanghai. Oh, but it's a mission to get there, and it's a mission to, to be there. I'm sure. Yeah, you know the crazy lines, and yeah, you got to bring back the food too because you got to take the train there. Oh, uh, it's yeah. a nightmare. Jeez. I'm like, dude, if if anyone's, if you're dedicated enough to go, like, I guess, but dang. All right. So as we kind of wrap up this session about, you know, just different cuisines and different travel experiences of eating food and even to the point of eating the same food every morning and kind of getting (laughs) kind of sick of it. um, uh, Something that's very, uh, you know, across a lot of different cultures is like noodles uh, carbs um and soups so noodle soups are huge and definitely huge in asian culture but as well as um other cultures i'm sure too right um yeah so i think this could probably be its own bracket to be honest but yeah um maybe just the recommendation of like our favorite uh noodle soup 
Um, I can go first. I think mine is kind of it's 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 very nostalgic and very uh, because I'm Chinese, especially Taiwanese. I got to go with uh, beef noodle soup, beef and tendon noodle soup, spicy, especially tendon. Yeah, I'm a I'm a sucker for tendon. Okay. Um, Yeah, like it's just perfectly salty, very heavy, Mm. especially with like um, thinly. hand torn noodles like just such a good like it just it just hits a spot for me every time Mm -hmm. um i've had some of the best i've just ever eaten in taiwan like in the middle of like this freaking dark alleyway that i thought i was gonna get stabbed in like Mm -hmm. turned around like oh there's there's (laughs) heaven like it's it's beef noodle soup (laughs) like when your life is on the line that's how food tastes the best it's so good baby it's true but um yeah, I think for me it's just it's got it hits every factor for me. Um so I got to go with beef noodle soup, man. Okay. What about you, Edwin? That's hard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, even Egypt has a noodle dish. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> what is it called? Koshery. Koshery. Oh. It's like a macaroni and noodles thing. It's a super starchy, carby, heavy thing. Ugh. But Doesn't it's really mean, heavy. Is it good? <laughs> it's it's mm, it's good? Yeah. But after like the fifth bite, it's yeah. a very repetitive taste. Got it. That's the problem. Yeah. But it's very filling. Yeah. And so, um, man, that's hard. Mm. If I had to choose one category, it'd probably ramen. Ramen. Mm. Japanese ramen. Yeah. And it's so funny. The best Japanese ramen I ever had was at Narita Airport. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Right. I had ramen in Japan. Yeah, I had ramen yeah. in Korea. Yeah. I've had a Tam Tam and sukumens yeah, and like yeah. shoyu ramens all different kinds you know but there was this one um tonkatsu ramen yeah um the broth was so savory oh, and shoot. so meaty i was like oh my gosh i ordered two and i didn't even need to <laughs> and i had to go and i had to go on a flight in yeah. like an hour i was like i don't care this is so good yeah. <laughs> i don't know when i'm gonna eat this again yeah you know what's called I have I have no idea oh, what it's called. It. You know, it's if you if I go to Narita again, which I actually might have to. Yeah, yeah. If I go back to China, yeah. um, I'm gonna go. Gotta hit it up, man. Gotta I don't even care if I have a 30 minute layover yeah. only. I'm like, yeah. y'all gonna wait for me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably not. But that's okay. <laughs> but that's okay. Worth it to skip my flight. Yeah, dude, just, it's worth it. It's the nectar of heaven oh, and that soup. Dang. What are you, Jesse? Oh man, I am gonna give a honorable mention to Sujita Ramen. Sujita. Um, Sujita is uh, is that what you described for me? That that's the picture I have for ramen of the pinnacle that I've had in my experience. Um, and the second honorable mention is to Afuri Ramen um, that we had in Japan. A foodie. Yeah, Afuri was was pretty up there too, and as far as experience. However, as far as noodle soup, um, and I think this is my second time mentioning it on this podcast. It's uh, Guo Chao Mi Xin, which oh, is okay. um, yeah. which is a I don't even know what translates to like bridge noodle soup. Essentially, um, it's a, it's in China. It's um, and I haven't had it in so long, but the memorable thing for me, I, I had this back when I was in eighth grade. Ah. That was when I last went to China. And that bowl of noodles was so memorable for me. Like, I still crave it to this day. <laughs> dude, if you go back, you eat it, you're going to cry, dude. I That's probably so will. I probably yeah. will. It's like but, 15, 16 years in the making. Yeah. <laughs> dude. dude. So, I mean, 
to, for the for the people who are listening, it's basically you get this giant bowl of uh, broth and noodles, and the place I went to, you literally get like twenty mini dishes of stuff to put in, and, oh. and you can literally like put whatever you want in it, or you can put all of it in it, and the flavor concoction that comes out of combining all those different ingredients and and stuff is it's. It's like Special. the Chipotle of, uh, in of, a way. Of, yeah. You know what you want. Yeah. yeah. I, I think there's one in Diamond Bar. We, Eugene and I, we went. Oh, man. And like, I think she, oh, no, I, I remember. I think you mentioned it during our China episode. Yeah, I did. And then Eugene was like. I'm craving it. No, no, no. Yeah, she, just, well, she basically said like, oh, this is the thing that Jesse really likes. I'm like, oh, I don't remember what, what, which yeah. one you said. But I was like, okay. Huh. But now, yeah, that's what we got. Uh, we should go there sometime. Uh, <laughs> It's probably not going to be nearly as good as yeah, the one in China. Yeah, but it might still at least satisfy a mini craving of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So I that's, mean, that's 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 the thing for me. Yeah, dude, I still I mean, gotta try your dad's noodles, man. True, Ooh. Yeah, man. Still remember that. Oh, my dad makes. You some... give me some when I visited you in slow. Yep, you broke my heart. My <laughs> my my dad. So for yeah, since Edwin mentioned it, my dad, one of his signature dishes is a cold noodle. Ooh. Um, I don't even I don't even know man like but what he makes so it's it's a cold noodle base it's not in soup um it's like dry noodle essentially but the mixture he puts in it it's like it's ground beef it's like kind of a vinegary base thing it has like garlic um, like cilantro and other kinds of like spices and herbs and it, it oh, oh man because it's cold, it's such a refreshing like dish <laughs> right. in like the hot season. That oh man, I can imagine, dude. I'm gonna ask him to make me something. <laughs> I'm gonna come over. Yeah, I'm, I don't care. I'm coming over. <laughs> hey, good. give me noodle. Give me the noodles. Give me your noodles. Hey, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, um, thank you guys for um, joining us again for this third part of the session and uh, three in a row with our guest Edwin. Yes, sir. Uh, we have again. We have the pleasure of having you um, here to record and. And thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, howdy, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And for our listeners out there, we hope you enjoyed this uh, series so far. There's one more part that we'll get into, and uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy this four part series. Uh, the foodie in me is 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 crying a little inside because I'm so happy. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, if you guys are finding us, um, whether through our Instagram or something like that, um, thank you for joining us. You're probably listening on one of our mediums, either Spotify, um, Apple iTunes podcast mm-hmm. or Google podcast are our most common ones. Um, if you haven't subscribed to us already, please do. Uh, we want to know if you guys like our, our stuff or not. And if you have any thoughts, you can always comment or email us. Um, our uh, social media is at just try pod on Instagram and our, our Gmail is just try pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Edwin, thank you again. This has been quite an experience, a lot of yelling and a lot of uh, <laughs> laughing through this whole, uh, <laughs> recording session but i yeah. think yeah man we we'd love to have you back one of these days um yeah another bracket of noodle soups Oof. and uh Oof. rice dishes or I, something oh, like that i think that's i think that's gonna be even harder yeah I, de- I think so too so listeners um yeah thank you again for tuning in and as always we will see you next time see ya drink beer from a shoe oh, oh what oh. Oh. that's what they say apparently in the midwest or something <laughs> Okay. And on that note, good night.